Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, this is My Good Bad Brain. It's a podcast about mental health and being a person. If you like it, if you get something out of it, hey, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. You know, we don't uh, have sponsors or anything like that other than you. And that's what lets me record this thing and edit this thing and uh, and put it out um, pretty much every week. So, you know, think about it. It's helpful. It kicks ass. You're the best. Okay, let's do the theme song. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really but I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. Uh, today on my good bad brain. Hi, I'm Jared. Hello. I'm gonna be brief here because I'm doing I'm doing a double drop today. Um, uh, where there was a brain breather I put out, and that's a bit of a doozy. I talk about some family secrets near the end that I didn't intend to talk about at the beginning, but, you know, I'm in a cycle. I'm in a down cycle, uh, I think, of having a bit of uh, the depression creeping in and some weirdness and some difficulty about life stuff. And, um, and, uh, that's fine. That's normal. And it has, and I, you know, there's some weird dark family secret kind of thing about like Nazis in my family. So I'll put that out and I'm just not going to talk too much right now because I didn't expect to talk about that. And it's, it's shameful. It's fucking awful. The people that you come through, come, come from, I guess sometimes. Um, and I wanted to talk about that. Uh, I think the downswing, the difficulty and the honesty about that is why I'm going to do this one today. I always record a bunch of people and it's not always in order. Um, Clayton Ferris, is uh is my guest on this podcast and clayton is dope clayton is um somebody i never knew like in person i i think we just met through instagram and he's an actor and he's very funny um he he did he does like little sketches and things and i just appreciate them and and uh i know i'm like hitting you with a bunch of actors on these uh lately but i think that's uh 
not a not a coincidence. I've been thinking about like what the role of being an actor is, and I've been an actor so much in my life, and and really what that means, and how in in like a capitalist system and a one that's you know separated from spirituality, actor actor is uh, very much this weird gig. It's this you know, and it is. It's that too. I fucking go eat pizza on cheat day and shit like and i'm like have fun and i like it and that's like hosting it's not really acting but i don't really see the difference kind of all, all of that stuff is just like performing you know um in front of other people and i think it's really rooted in spiritual practices which again i talk about this in the other episode near the end the, the brain breather that's going to come out today too and uh so i'll get more into it there but i think these people are so tuned in and so strange they're so they live in such liminal spaces because you also see the absurdity of resource management and wellness like you're either very very well off or very very poor and either you're suddenly some hot commodity and have some kind of value or you're just some rando another person who's actually kind of sad and desperate the way you're trying to do this thing and it's such a confusing uh profession um that i believe is very spiritual and definitely fucks with your head and when all you think about is what it means to be a person and what kind of person you are and how to how to commoditize that <laughs> that personhood but also use it as your craft and your instrument i think you just really think about this shit a lot and clayton has an honesty that i fucking really appreciate we talk about money stuff in this and that's fucking rad because nobody likes to talk about that and man I have it a lot of people have a lot of difficulty with money things and not acknowledging the stress that puts into your life and the strangeness of that and the confusion about how to how to fix that while also doing things that you feel are fulfilling and in sync with you and in sync with your abilities oh man that's so wonderful so we talk about that uh, <laughs> this was all kicked off because he put this sketch up that I thought was very funny that was like uh, basically that he had this new practice that whenever his head starts saying bad shit to him in it he just screams shut up shut up at himself <laughs> and that it works and it's a very funny sketch and sometimes that does kind of work and um yeah so whatever i'm just not going to talk more about it clean's just like delightful we had this really funny experience where i invited him over to he came over we'd never met before and i just did the thing where i was just like yeah come on and i the door i barely like greet him at the door we're just like you want coffee you want some more we started walking around talking and and had this really stuff like yeah i've never met you i guess and i guess it's weird that i'm not being more formal but some people you just know they're like your people you know what i mean and uh they, that they're you're going to be on some similar wavelength so that's who Clayton is, I feel like. And uh, this conversation was delightful and honest and, you know, very good, bad brainy. So I hope you get something out of it. Um, if you want to listen to me expound more on the weird stories uh, near the end, I talk about it and just struggles I'm having about the world and being people, whatever, brain breathing, you know, brain breathing. Check that out. Uh, that's going to come out also today. I'm just going to go home and assemble all these things. So fucking self-care, hydrate. It's rough out there, baby. It's also beautiful. It's also uh, luscious. And, you know, it's not always your choice where your focus goes because uh, reality's right in front of your face. But if it helps you to think about that both those things are there, uh, take it, you know? Self care. Hydrate. Be well. I adore you. Okay. Without further ado, your theme here we go. Hi. All right, Clayton, thank you for being on My Good Bad Brain. Thank you for having me. We'll just kick that off then. Uh, what's your stuff? What's my stuff? Yeah, mental whatever yeah. stuff. Um, what's I mean, your things? I guess 
like any you know person in the world my my main thing is i struggle with um intense depression Mm -hmm. and within the depression there is so many other little things like like anxiety ocd yeah all these things but the the overall kind of like illness or diagnosis is depression yeah yeah i think about that a lot about that thing about all these little things are in the thing like i don't think anyone's ever told me i have anxiety right but other people describe anxiety and i'm like i think i have that you yeah know? and uh i mean you know you can have a rash and it can be caused by like a fungus or a virus or a bacteria or an allergy and sometimes i think that about our mental health stuff is like there's a lot of mechanisms but the the general experience ends up being one that's unifying and common right even if it's like you have depressed i think like within depression a lot of those other things can manifest yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's the that's why I finally did end up going to see a therapist and why I think it is such a good thing is because whenever you you have like depression or whatever it is and you're trying to explain it to people and everyone's like you're just having a bad day or whatever and yeah. then to go see a therapist and them say like oh you like to nonchalantly very easily be like oh no you're depressed it's not a big deal we'll figure this out right that helps you that's where the you get over like this shame thing that's with it and yeah. and you're like okay, it's not like they're kind of, you know, they're, my therapist wasn't flipping about it, but it's like, I want someone to be flipping about it. Be right. like, yeah, it's depression. Not you a can, big deal. Yeah. Not a big deal. And then you're like, okay, fuck, now I can do something to fix this. Yeah, I, I gave, uh, I was doing a blood giving thing the other week and it's this thing where they, um, it's platelets. So they put, it takes a lot, a little longer because they take your blood out and like take your platelets out, but then they give your blood back, mm. like the red blood cells. They but, put it back in you? Yeah, back uh, in. Yeah, oh, wow. so like, the reason being it drains you less and you could give blood sooner than because if you take full red blood cells out, you got to wait like two months mm. uh, and you can do it another two weeks if they just take the platelets out. So it's a way of like keeping it quicker and I don't know, not depleting you as much. But uh, something went wrong a little bit where they were like, um, it's called an intrusion and the needle had poked through my vessel. And when they were putting my blood back in me, I felt this weird vibration and I, was like, oh. I looked down. And they came over and it was like a little bubble was like it was just pouring blood under my skin Eesh. and it was uncomfortable and it was weird. And the quality that the doctors had about it was like, this is no big deal. Like, this right. is no big deal. It was so this is no big deal that I was like, is this a really big deal? And they're trained they're covering to be like, no up. big deal about it. <laughs> but I did appreciate and I do think that's actually what you said is really true. That yeah. Like having especially when you've had this spec. I mean, the first time I went to um, a therapist like for real. I remember it was like a sliding scale therapy place. Uh, it was called uh, the SoCal Counseling Center. I highly recommend it to anybody who needs stuff. And I remember I, I still, it, the way I've always described it is it felt like I was a dog at the vet. Like I was sitting in that room and I felt like I wanted to fucking burst into tears and I was so freaked out. And it was weird to feel that way when like as actors, you think of yourselves as like pretty like fluid, like open, you know, amenable to like whatever vulnerable type people and definitely shameless, fairly shameless people. Mm. And uh, it was weird to like face my real feelings about it, which were like, this is not, I'm not the kind of person who needs this. And right. or maybe that it was just like scary to full head on go, oh, damn, I'm going to acknowledge I have a really tough time with some things. But then having somebody else receive it and be like, yeah, a lot of people do. It's yeah, okay. You're not the only one. It's huge. Right. Why do you think, why do you think the power of, you're not the only one is such a, a thing because I think that it is like the shame aspect of it. Like there's a shameful, th- th- like it's, there's a shame that goes along with like depression in my experience. 
that is part of like the biggest kind of like that's one of the biggest shitty parts of depression is the shame. Yeah. So and shame, I forget like how to just like the definition of shame, but it's like shame is thinking kind of like you're the only one in a way or like you're going to be judged if people know this oh, truth. That's interesting. Like people are going to be or judge you if they know this think about you yeah i never thought about that i don't think i've ever heard anybody define shame that way for me as like the solo well because you know there's that thing they say stage fright is uh has to do with being in front of the tribe yeah like, like that you you know the, the herd you rather mm. oh. like that you would be like if you're singled out in front of the herd that's probably not for a good reason you oh feel very, like, really isolated i've heard that yeah long oh. that someone said like like the other situation in which you would be the only one and everyone staring at you is like because you're being judged. Yeah. You did something wrong and now the tribe is going to decide if you're or the the hurt. You know what I mean? Just like totally. sort of like, like if you're looking at stage fright and why it exists now. Yeah. Why would you think you're going to die? Exist in like state of nature. State of nature. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've never had stage fright. So <laughs> really? No, not really. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Because I the way you described it, that feels very linked to shame to me, like the the, the vulnerability of, of aloneness. Yeah. But you don't feel that on stage. I don't feel like I've, I mean, I've been nervous, obviously. Right. I've gotten nervous before going on stage and auditions, but I, I don't have a, I've never really experienced like that thing of uh of like stage fright or whatever. But I think that, yeah. The one that freezes you up and cripples you. Yeah. yeah. I've like my biggest fear with like even doing things like podcast or like asking questions at like a Q and a or a talk. Right. Back right. Is saying <laughs> dumb, just sounding like yeah. a dumbass. Yeah. Do you, how do you feel about uh, going to like improv or something or, or theater where they uh, single people out in the audience? How do you feel about that? I don't like to be a part of it, but I hate it. <laughs> I, I think, think it's horrible. It's like, yeah. Why? I think it's just very funny that like we would be performers and be people. And I will say this, like I, I, I like talking to actors on the show. I said this to you before, but I'll just say it for the recordings. I like talking to actors so much because I really think actors are just thinking about what being a person is so much. And it really is. I think everybody walking on their lives is doing performance mm -hmm. for like whatever reason to some degree and make people who make um honesty in a weird way like authenticity their core focus of their craft and thing yeah but then the irony of that in itself like that I, I was just talking about this on the way over here like if you're auditioning for something that you, that you can't the smell of desperation breaks the fourth wall which like ruins your magic trick if you're an actor like and so you got to make sure nobody feels that but you so you got to be the tell the truth be authentic but not so much that we know like how bad you need your health insurance to re up in the union right. thing so please get this fucking job you know what i mean <laughs> and that's such a weird dichotomy that i think is really an expanded metaphor for what every human being goes through which is like be yourself but not too much cuz that would be too weird and crazy right. and figure out which one is the real you and perform that correctly but also be vulnerable and all that you know but this is why i think it's interesting that people in la and actors in general are the people that are always talking about mental health and self-care and all this shit is because we have to find ways i me i can only speak for myself this whole podcast i can only speak for of course my own experience <laughs> all of us can yeah like, i think the irony of it is that you end up when people do that is when you most find that people feel the same things yeah totally yeah but i'm not i'm but of course. What I'm saying is like we have to – that's why I'm always like why, when I go home to Texas, mm -hmm. people aren't like talking about their mental health and their like right. their issues and how to get better and self-care and all this stuff. And I'm like why do we do it in L.A. as actors? And I'm, it's because of shit like that. It's like we're putting – 
to some, like, going to audition for something like a TV show, it's not a big deal. I get it. It's not saving the world. But it's an extraordinary position to put yourself in. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, your nerves and, like, your... Right. You know, all that. So, you, so then we have to really figure out ways to calm that shit, calm the desperation, yeah. calm the nerves. And that's what... I, that's why I've loved my acting trajectory is because I've figured out ways to kind of, like put all this stuff that's unnecessary yeah. and not useful to bed. It's still there, but I can like control it a little more. And that can come into your regular life then. Yeah. Like and then with depression into- and things like that, you can, in a way, I think you can use that mindfulness to like pick and choose your, I mean, even the stage fright thing we're talking about. I remember, I, I think actors and athletes have a very similar thing of like, everybody gets adrenaline response of, of oh, I'm going to go do a thing now right. when you go perform or go on the field or whatever. But it becomes the people who do it a lot you have to choose what you're going to do. Like the energetic mass doesn't change. Um, what you do with it does. So it's like I could let this overwhelm me and cripple me and run wild like it's panic and be like, I'm so afraid right now. Or you go like, no, I'm so excited right now. Right. I'm so pumped. I'm going to use this energy. You know, that joke yeah. about acting. Use it. Use but that's it. a classic like act, like acting teacher technique. They're like, use. Right. Yeah. Use your like nerves or whatever. And you're like, these aren't going to help yeah. me be like a murderer. It's, but I do think that you can... There's something in that that really helps me in regular life when I I feel like I don't fit in my universe because my fucking brain is this way and these what's the point of me or whatever like realizing that there's a there's a reason you're like that like ADD is something I think about that a lot there's a reason ADHD exists it's good for certain things in in a state of nature yeah you know it's good for crisis situations it's good for creative thinking it's good and that like there's a reason that you are how you are right and even uh, maybe that's just lately on my coping things with depression too has been one of um uh i'm gonna repeat myself a little bit because i've talked this on this podcast but i actually think i heard you say this you did the like, thing about like there's a reason it slows you down yeah it slows like you, if you get down, a concussion so, yeah but I just, think that's profound to me. It's like to to give myself a reason it exists and then go like, so it's not it's not some big existential spiritual I'm fucked up and bad and I shouldn't be here thing. It's a very simple trick that my body is doing for me. Yeah. And if you can tell yourself things like that, yeah. whether that's true or not, that's a, exactly those are good coping mechanisms and good way to like push depression down a bit. And be yeah. Like, you're just like an old thing that I don't need anymore or whatever. Yeah. Well, even, even the, the, again, I guess it's ironic, but like the, the fact of getting the label, I was so afraid of the label, like of somebody's going to be like, tell me this, but the weird relief of the label is, is like, this is managed. This is a thing. Exactly. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And there's something about being able to just dialogue with it and no longer go, Oh, this is me. This is who I am. It's just a thing you've, you're wearing and like a pair of pants. You know? Yeah, exactly. And every time I've gone into like a, a darker, deeper depression, it's been, it, I've been like, what has helped me is talking about it openly. And yeah. Just, and just telling people, just being like, I'm depressed right now, so I'm not being myself. Yeah. I'll show up and come to this thing, but I'm depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and that helps yeah. me so much. Well, I feel, I wonder if there isn't something inherently in the craft of storytelling in the sense of like acting that does that too. Like I remember a, a, a early theater teacher described as the weasel under the table. Like every scene had to have like, there's something <laughs> going, there's something else really going on. And that like, that's what table work is, is figuring out what I those weasels that. are, you know, it's figuring that. out. Yeah. But like, so if you have an inherent understanding of that, yeah, it's a lot of LA, activity baby. day in LA. <laughs> But if you have like an inherent understanding 
It's like parks in front of your house. Yeah, that's like stop there, huh? <laughs> okay. That is def- that's there's definitely that is a very specific task force for actors who have podcasts and then talk about acting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like, "Do you have a fucking permit for this?" Because we are there's way too many. Yeah, they're coming to stop us. Yeah, you have to, it's like you need like an alcohol like license to have a bar. <laughs> I'm this is like an unlicensed podcast about acting run by actors. Yeah. Have you heard of this thing where like there this is such a one off but like this girl I know who's probably the most like LA type of person it told me about how you can get like a community certified like you can become like a community certified therapist even though you don't have like a degree what? or anything if you get enough people to be like yeah this person helped me they're just like this oh wow i'm gonna get one of those <laughs> let's see if i can get one of those just 10 more podcasts and i think you'll qualify Fuck. that's really funny that i don't you know i i think qualifications are good and i'm glad that they exist they're like an important thing to have for a variety of things but like physical training is another example of a thing that i've done a long time i've met a lot of real dum-dums who are trainers and teaching people stuff and you're like that's not good what you're doing is bad biomechanics or like whatever um but i'm not like certified in anything right and so i don't i think there's some truth to that about like i was just talking about this too that like a phd sometimes it's really often more a sign of persistence than it is knowledge and they don't have in like you you as this trainer or whatever you're talking about you have actual like experience doing it like the ten thousand hours thing it's not like you just read about it for ten thousand hours yeah 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 and and yeah it's just whatever so that's interesting i think there's validity to that it's just like if it works it works like if something works for you it works to you know but back to just like going to see a therapist when i was in therapy like although my therapist was helped me very very much i also had to figure shit out on my own and like re like yeah. figure out the things that work for me outside of yeah therapy well i want to move into that and it's, that's always blended the second question is like so therapy about like things you've tried if there's any medications and stuff like that but i also was curious about like when did this stuff start manifesting for you in your life like when did you first feel like <clears throat> i feel depressed or you would look back and go like wow that's when that stuff started to show up for me yeah i mean like i like I look at I've learned this in therapy too like depression for me is a very physical it's like a I can feel it, feel it as a sickness and it feels like it feels like I'm sick. Mm-hmm. It's not just like oh I'm yeah. sad cuz the world is shit. It's right. like I'm like no, my physiology's off. I'm depressed. I'm like main like the How main, long does it last for you when you get an episode? I mean the last episode I had was was a while. It was probably like 8 months. Damn. And that was like very very intense and trying and like my fucking hair started falling out. Like it was mm-hmm. dark. I went deep. And but that was the worst that it's ever been. Before that I had had maybe two two to three bouts of like intense depression that were not as bad. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, but now when I think back, like one of the things that I've kind of dealt with through depression is like this OCD element and not like me, like tapping on things or doing that sort of OCD, more like fixating on a thought and just letting that kind of spin me out of control and just always have that thought playing in my head. Can you give me an example of that? Like, I mean, there's, there's many examples. Like one time I thought I had AIDS. Mm-hmm. And I, there was nothing to support yeah. that thought, but it just got in my head, and like I just spun on that for yeah. like, so, and it wasn't even me; it was someone else just being like, "You have AIDS, you have AIDS, you have AIDS." You, like in your head, that in my it head, felt, it felt like some another person. Yeah, well, no, mm. but yeah, and and most recently it was like with my hair falling, mm. like 
sometimes it's just like, and this is kind of hard to talk about, but sometimes it's just like the voice in my head just saying, you're a fucking loser. Yeah. You're a loser, I get that dude. fucking voice. Yeah. And that is not like the past couple weeks, that, that voice has not been in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing's really different. It's just at some point it's there. Like my hair, when my hair was falling out, it was a lot to do with work and me as an actor. It's like, you're never going to like, you're never going to work. Uh-huh. You're never going to like, so it's just these specific th- you thoughts. Know what's funny about that is, uh, I remember still when I first moved to LA a few years into that, I remember when I, I acted in Chicago and I had like, I was a young man and I felt a kind of arrogance that was useful, like a kind of swagger with my work that was a confidence, but also like an ownership of your space. And something about that like went away when I got out here. And I remember the thing I always think about is I had this first, one of my first managers out here was this guy who would say like, how's the hair? How's the face? What's going on? He would like say that. And I realized I'd go to auditions and stuff and I'd only be fucking thinking about my hair and my face. And it's funny to think now because also I started to do like I think my hair is thinning like you know a little bit ago and I'm in my 30s and I never thought that would be an issue for me not not the hair thinning but like the feeling that about you would it. care yeah right. I'd be like yeah I'll just be a bald guy then right. fine which P.S. the thing about that that's unstressed is I feel like if you're a bald guy you ought to be a jacked guy and that's just like a lot to keep up <laughs> um, no but like truly I just didn't I was surprised to feel weird about it and that maybe it's a Samson thing and there's culture stuff and you're main and like whatever but there it, it is um I wonder if there isn't something else about this, this same thought that says you're a fucking loser. That's like the great actors. I've never think about their fucking hair. People who I think are great at telling stories. They're great at being people. Totally. If they're losing their hair, that just makes them more of like a person. And why would I, a thought that I never have for other people. Why would I have it for myself? This abusive shitty thing. Yeah. But I think that it makes sense for an actor to like, be like, to like lose their shit and spin out of control because their hair's falling out or thinning. But I mean, I think that all, I think that all men actually deal with that when they start losing their hair. Like it's just not something that we talk about as men. Yeah. And culturally like, and you know, like, because it's like, it's just your fucking hair. There's real issues, but it still affects you and makes you feel just because it feels like this, this I'm leaving my prime buck time or whatever, Yeah, whatever it is. And, but to go like, to answer your question, the th- the reason I went really deep this last time I got depressed because, a there were just, like I was in a relationship that I thought I wasn't didn't care about, and then when I got kind of like dissed, like that took me down a notch. Then like I I had hmm. some health issues, like I have ar- like arthritis issues, mm-hmm. that that took me down a notch. Then like the hair thing took me deeper, and it just was like. Yeah, deeper. It was like this deeper thing to, and then by the end, I was like, I. That's when I started getting like thoughts of suicide and stuff, and start. That's when I went to see a therapist because it's good. That yeah, you did that. Yeah, really good. And I never like planned anything, but it, the thoughts of suicide came from like, it was literally like, if this is how I'm gonna feel mm-hmm. forever, then I don't want to be alive. Oh yeah, I know that. You know what I mean? Yes, that's scary. It wasn't me being like, I don't want you know. I, not to minimize how no. whatever it is, but for me, it wasn't like you know I'm letting people down or whatever. It was just like I'm a if this is how my mind is now. Uh huh. 
I know, I know, I know. I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, I will say it's very trite, but just it should be said. And it's one of the, it's sometimes the glib things are the best, but that suicide's a, a permanent answer to a temporary problem mm-hmm. is something that's very true because that's the other thing. I still to this day, I say, I just think I experience life in dog time. Like I just think now, 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 now. And so when you're in those uh, stage spaces of um, where suicidal ideation starts to happen, I do agree with you uh, that almost verbatim feels like how I experience yeah. that was like, this is, I'm going to be this forever. And yeah. this is what life's going to be. Then I don't want to do it. And that is scary because now that I've, uh, I don't feel that way. You're like, okay, so that wasn't true. Yes. I'm really glad I didn't fully convince myself yes. of that truth then. <laughs> and it's like, please, dear God in heaven, let me remember yeah. that I was able to, if I go dark again, please let me remember that I can get out. Like, yeah, that you know, that yes. you can get out of it every time. I, and I definitely think that's true. I And, and just some of it some of my habits, like better habits, like I think self-care is becoming a punchline for sure. Yeah. But there are aspects of it that are real. This idea of, of building, um, almost like, uh, I don't know why this is what I thought of It's but you know, when th- you know, when pe- they hang lights in theater and they screw it on the thing, but then they also have the cable that mm-hmm. they have to like tie a cable that is just locked in with a carabiner so that if somehow the bolts and everything fail, the It'll light just, just swings. Yeah, right. I feel like you have to create that cable for yourself mm-hmm. that like is some kind of uh, fail safe. Like even if I'm going to be fucking nuts and decide I'm going to feel this way the rest of my life and I'm going to die and I should just die. There's got to be whether it's people or just I've set some weird things in my brain that just go like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That's not the I don't know what there's programming yourself. No, exactly. And that's why that's the things I learned in therapy. It's like you go like. Like you, so my thing is just, I don't know what everyone else's shit is. Mine is just my own mind becomes my biggest enemy Mm -hmm. and starts attack. Like I start attacking myself. And the only, the reason I think I got through this last dark spell, I'm not saying that I was going to kill myself, but just the whole time I was in this place of depression because I, luckily I started like a meditation practice, like maybe three or four years ago that like has helped me. No, it just helps me know that my mind is not fully me. Like, yeah, the running thoughts in my yes. head are not like me. Yes. And so while I was depressed, even though I was felt sick and I didn't want to get out of bed, I still knew that like what I'm hearing in my mind is not me. It's just winning. It's just overpowering me right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's interesting because the physicality stuff you were describing, I was thinking when I get sick, I get really fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I didn't. When I was a kid, it was great. I was sick was just meant you were staying home from school. But as I got older, something about illness or injury, like real, like I, you know, I do this dumb combat sport. I hurt my shoulder the other night, and I just get so fucking dark and shitty right away. Yeah. Because I and I think it's the way uh, when a cat is near the end of its life, it goes and isolates to like <laughs> die under the house or something. I don't know. I just feel like a failed organism and I get so pissed. And I and also, though, I think I do think this is more for men, especially potentially. I've just in my experience, bro- like very broadly speaking of my personal experience. But I think we do identify with our physical bodies so much. Right. Our sense of self is so tied up in that that when that changes or fails or is feeling a certain way, like with the, like you said, the depression for you feels like sick, like you can feel it in your body that. 
it can be very hard to negotiate with, but that creating a dialectic back and forth where like, I'm going to use, like I was going to ask you that about your depression and, and do you, for me, I use my physicality to get out of it, to get out of the headspace sometimes mm -hmm. just the same way you're like making yourself not identify with the thoughts. I can also hack that back the other way and be like, well, what can I, can I put uh, chemicals in my body from exercising or doing stuff that'll help pull me out of this or this yeah. illness, this depression that I'm experiencing very physically? I don't know. I guess, what do you think about that? Have you ever done no. that? And what's that back and I mean, forth? That, that's the, well, first of all, I, th I, just to do a little diagnosing of my own for you, mm -hmm. I think that, and I, I identify with this, like when I get sick or I'm not feeling 150 fucking percent, yes. I'm like, I get like low. Yeah. I get down, and it's it's like a. We're just like you can't always feel like that. Right, good. right. No one yeah. does. Maybe, yeah. maybe they do. I don't know. Right. I don't think they do. I look at the rock sometimes, and I'm like, dude, just be the fucking rock. Right. Do your workouts at four a.m. But always be positive. But then I'm like, maybe he's just hiding a lot of darkness. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, he also has a lot to like. Yeah, I, yeah. I hate I don't want money to define me at all, but I've realized and I had to realize this like when I have money. Oh, yeah, I'm it's not that I'm happier, but I'm definitely not like, yes, freaking out. No, this is important to talk about because our fucking society is real messed up about money. And I I know I've got some messed up about money, but I think the whole thing is messed up about money. And the idea that we talk about money shouldn't make you happy or not or whatever. It, it's really convenient for like a capitalist society and like a, a, a woo woo LA society that is full of this disparity to say things like that and not acknowledge that like at a certain level and the level we're talking about money does mean survival. Yes. It does mean like, are you, can you go to the doctor? Are you, are you going to have a place to live in two months? And, and if you don't have a way out of that anxiety, our society doesn't have a floor to support people. Right. Basic, just food, uh, medicine, uh, living, uh, clothing. And it's not unreasonable to say, like, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, which 75% of America does now, mm. that's a, a, a profound impact on your sense of safety and therefore yeah. your mental health. Yeah. And, like, I know that, you know, I'm an actor and I chose I chose this life. Right. I love my life. But I also, I'm single. I live by myself. Like, I can be... I can, you know, go to the brink yeah. on like money and not, yeah. I'm not, I'm only affecting my own life. So I know that like, and cause people will be like, then just get a fucking job. And I'm like, all right, but I would prefer to keep doing what I'm doing, which yeah. is acting. But I also have realized like money can be something that can start pushing me down a bit and like, oh yeah, to a dark place. I'm with that. I'm yeah. totally, I don't think people, I try to be more open about it here even. Do you want to talk about, that stuff Dude, i'm so much, open man. about it like the other day I, I had like this is you know it's embarrassing but whatever i had like 50 dollars, and mm -hmm. i said to my friend i'm like i have like 50 dollars, and he's like you don't have 50 dollars, and i was like no i have yes. 50 fucking dollars yes yeah, i've been there i have a, I'm check, there a lot i have a check coming but at this point today yeah. there's 50 dollars in know. my fucking banking account I, I have that experience often still and it's but like it's still fun I know. I, I. It's very weird when when I. We just get really a, attached to narratives, and we're like supposed to be a different thing. And I think that supposed to be feels really scary. And especially when you're like, I'm I'm old enough that I should be like established. Yeah, I should be this or that or whatever. I think the other thing that's really difficult about it, and I had this experience. I went to a food event recently that I was my friend invited me to, and 
it's all these like fancy people who are like food people and writers and just you know fancy people and and they're fun to be around they're interesting but food i was in the like high-end food world for a, a bit and still have a lot of attachment to it and and uh i got in this thought process and i was i i think it's very related to acting where like you have to keep this mm, how am i trying to say for high-end food to work we're basically all we need the crumbs from the rich people's table right. and in order to get the crumbs from the rich people's table the people who pay for the dinner that will sustain this restaurant and this thing the rest of us need to make it not feel weird for the rich person and we can't draw attention to the fact that the people taking their plates and and uh, bringing their food and talking to them about the wine list and that they're going to sell them a bottle for like $400 or whatever, <laughs> those people are at the fucking edge. <laughs> and how insane it is that we come serve these people and be like, yeah, we're just going to feel normal and cool here. And um, yeah. whatever tip you give me tonight is going to decide if, uh, if, if I, I do go to therapy or not next week uh, and if I buy medicine this month or not. So I uh, enjoy anything That's else here. so funny. It's just insane. Yeah, and it's it, true. And it's insane to have a society that operates that yeah. way. But like, that's what we're demanded to do. Don't make it weird. Don't feel because you got to stay cool because these people who on a whim, if you get like, that's why I always think about because like, we the, need their money. It, yes, we need their fucking money to be alive. Right. And we're supposed to act normal about that and act like good vibes only. Yeah. And don't and that whole thing. And that's like the moon juice shit that I like to make fun of and all that stuff is all because of that, like good vibes only nonsense. And right. like you need to just uh, do better, more energy work and then you'll invite money in more or something like that. And it's like, dude, you got to stop telling people in a capitalist society that like it's their fucking fault that they're right. stuck when that's so evidently not true, no. especially for actors where like for no reason you'll get a gig all of a sudden to do a loop group or to do something that could be one of a hundred of you. You know, there, we know so many capable, brilliant theater people that you're like, I know it's arbitrary a little bit and it shouldn't be that way, that yeah. it's just are you lucky or not today? Yeah. You know, that's a hard feeling to face. Totally. But I, I'm, I just want to like pound on that because it could be dark to get into, but I think much like somebody telling you you're depressed and it's a real thing. It's like, don't feel crazy, but for living in a crazy time, even me just saying to you like that, I had $50 in my bank account. Like I immediately like, I'm like, Oh, like, did I push it too far? Like, is he judging me now? Like, Oh, you no. only had $50. No, I feel more comfortable now Yeah, so, because I have to hold that, that up all the time too. We but, have to hold up that like, but like illusion. Yeah. And just based on how I look, like people think that I have money for like people just oh, think yeah. they have money. No, I've thought about this a lot. This is a this gets a little bit white privilege stuff and class privilege and things like that is like I've thought it a lot when I'm like at the end of the year and you look at what what counts as poverty, I'd say more years than not in LA I've I've lived at a poverty level. Absolutely. But I'm like, my life doesn't look that way, though. No. Everyone's like, you fucking hipsters. And living I made the riches. it work somehow. You make it work somehow. And that's a very strange thing. I've like sat with that and been like, I know I seem like just one of a million hipsters that live in L.A. who we know they pay like for avocado toast or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And it's so dumb when you read that shit when you're like, you people living in the country are living a much richer life than me. You know, yeah. but like somehow you make it look like you're not that right or you're I, I mean i've had that many years where i'm just like how did i do it this year i, don't, I, I know i don't, know. I don't know it's this like constant i also think that the, the like well get a job is like um easier said than done and kind of a scary thing to face when you've committed to a creative a creative life and you go like i'm in my 30s i've committed this creative life. i didn't even go to college yeah and i'm like and I was always like, well, maybe I'll like pull the shoot one day and I'll just get some job doing a thing. And then I was like, I don't know if I can anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that I could like I like I'm not one of those people that's like, 
if you can do, you know how a lot of time to actions are like, if you can do anything else, <laughs> right, do right, and only act if you if you can't do anything else, right. I'm like, no, you can do like multiple things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay to be a good actor and also good at whatever. Yeah, that's very funny, actually. <laughs> no, that is true. Like, you can't. You, you can you're be, allowed to pick. <laughs> yeah, but like, I also think that's so funny. that for us creative types that live in LA and do go from job to job. I don't know your specific day to day, but I if say I don't have an audition, one an audition, or I'm not working on something, you know, I can like not be doing anything that day, <clears throat> and so I can get like I can get into a place where it's like, oh fuck, I'm not doing anything today. Mm-hmm. I need like that can send me to a dark place. Yeah, but then the next day, yeah, it's like you're like have auditions and you're working and you're like I don't feel so alive. <clears throat> yeah, it feels so alive. You're like I love this. But I mean, to just to go on that a little more, like my, the lady that owns my building was like, "Hey, I have there." She was like, "The painters can't paint one of the apartments for a new people coming in. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? I'll pay you some money." And I was like, "Sure, I'll do it." Oh yeah. And I had to do like hardcore physical. Like I, I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it in two days." It took me like seven days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I realized why. Even though like I was like hating the fact that I was like painting, I was, I was actually really grateful that i'm like i had something to of course do. yes and i it know was like doing physical labor like Completely. that was like fucking awesome i mean i would even i'm just gonna make the official second question ask now about like what do you do like what helps you whether it's medication or practices i know you mentioned therapy but i because for me that's one of those things physical labor or just any kind of task that requires my hands yeah. is a really useful hack for me for getting out of um like brain loops that are destructive totally. or whatever. I mean, I became a butcher for a while and worked in food often. And I would always like, like I know a lot of actors work in restaurants, but more often than not, I've been back of the house or like a food runner or something like that. Something much more um, like physical hands-on. and not like, hi, what can I get for you tonight? Right. Because uh, that brings me some kind of peace, even though the money's not ever good. It's, um, it's I don't know. It's something very. I also think there's like a, a physical uh, joy in feeding people. Yeah, and but I I think that creatives do like physical. Like we like the physicality. I don't know. I feel yeah. like my sister, who's a musician and very creative, she prefers working in like hands-on yeah. stuff. I've noticed a lot of, especially in these like artisanal food or craft movements that kind of seem to exist in like hipster community. A lot of people come from a background that's like some esoteric art like whether it's writing or music or acting and i think it does have to do with a desired a still a creative impulse right but uh a way that it could be tangible and Mm -hmm. and not something someone could dismiss because they don't get it yeah it gets frustrating sometimes because my other like when i do have side jobs it is like writing or some sort of like thing that's still creative and i'm like no i want to be like just like it's like the Nick Offerman fantasy yeah like like, i I, I need a craft (laughs) right i'm a woodsman yeah yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I relate to that a great deal. I think I'm like gonna try to get back into physical training a little bit, like training people. Yeah. For the same reason, just to have like some task and something that's a little bit more controllable. Because I don't, I'm never gonna give up my creative impulse and my thing to do that. But I, I also, I don't know. I want it. I want my thing doing that to be honest and to not be this terrifying thing that I have a love hate relationship with this resentment with. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and I think also like the wider question of like, what am I doing for my mental health? And like, 
if we are going to acknowledge that money is a very real cause of problems, and while the revolution may be coming, comrades, uh, <laughs> capitalism is still kind of the thing we're stuck with. Yeah, I mean, it comes. Yeah, did I interrupt? It comes no. down to the fact that I need to learn how to because I don't. It's not like I don't make money. I make big chunks of money at a time. At a time, and then yeah. I run out of it. Yeah. It's like I need to learn how to fucking save money. Uh, well, I definitely. Be I've gotten crazy. better at that and being being. I've gotten better at that for sure. I think part of that does come from the big chunk come in, go out feeling of like it feels a little arbitrary, and it's like that feast or famine mode is exactly. hard to get out of. Yeah. That being said, um, I think I just want a feeling of more again, just agency and like. If I can make all these other choices around my thoughts and trying to say, well, I'm going to try to shape my thoughts with meditation or physicality and go like, I'm not my depression and I don't have to just say like, I have no choice but to be destroyed by this, then it would also be good of me to approach this other very practical, difficult, frustrating thing to look at, which is like, okay, well, if if money is going to be a fear and every few months it comes up that you're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, and that really fucks with your mental state, well, I should figure out a creative yeah, solution. Totally. That's to the thing. Bring that like, in. Like I'm realizing like, oh, every time this I come to a place where I'm on the brink with low money, I start go it's it starts affecting me and my mental health. So yeah. I need to get a hold of that shit. Yeah. Just like I do with everything else. I think also in our culture there's a tendency to associate like you can't help I don't know. I think I call it ledger thinking now. I'm realizing that my whole life and I think it really is shaped by like living in a capitalist thing. You're, you're constantly like, how many points is Gryffindor getting? But inside, but Gryffindor is Jarrett. Like, <laughs> was I lazy today or was I good today? Was right. I, you know, am I a good person or a bad person because of the chores I did, because of how much money I have, whatever. <clears throat> that there's, it's kind of difficult on a, on a really gutsy, somatic level for us to to not see a score like in this case how rich are you yeah and not associate morality with it that like if i was a better person i'd have more money even though there's like the prototype of like the evil rich guy there's still like a respect that that we can't help but be like well they must be doing something right they have you money. know they may be uh, duplicitous but they're intelligent and they're and that is there's an association of some kind of moral value still with that abundance mm -hmm. uh, and that if you don't have that there's an there's a, a feeling that's hard to get around again because you're raised this idea of meritocracy and whatever that like there must be something wrong with me right that I can't manage this that I can't figure this out that I can't make more that's hard to to I don't know I don't know how you feel about that but for me I to divorce in my mind yeah I mean I don't like I've always just only been at war with myself you know yeah. like I, I never feel like I, I know what you're saying but I don't think I'm ever like yeah I'm just I mean, I don't think this about other again this is one of this those other things about like the th the voice in your head is not things that I ever think for other people. Right. I never me. look at a young actor and be like his hair's out of place and <laughs> so fuck him in this audition. Yeah. He's got flyaways. But like flyaways. I would think that about myself and be like you fucking mess and like this is all this is a bad haircut. You look your shape of your you, face is bad. I, things you know and the same thing. I don't think that about other people about money. Yeah. But there is a feeling of like man if I were a better version of me I'd be richer maybe but to get like more just to get even more woo woo like have you heard the thing that it's like like you know it's some like ancient like meditative story where like someone's like f like basically is like I feel like shit and they're like this this will pass and then that same person comes they're like I feel amazing and like the teacher's like this will pass like mm -hmm. it's that sort of thing yeah. that like when I'm in my f famine mode I want to be able to still 
be yeah. like, I'm still the same person. Right. I still like, I don't want things like that to make yes. me go up and down. I want to be like more consistent. And like when I'm broke or I have it, cause when I have money, I'm crazy too. Like yeah, I'm like, yeah. Spend, oh yeah, yeah, like spending too much money and just being like, I'm always like, what am I gonna buy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. my my first kung fu teacher said this thing. Uh, a lot of the stuff he told me about ideas around fighting or combat or competition were more useful even than the fighting techniques that I learned from him on, in a lot of ways because I still think about them. But he said this one thing about like cultivating an attitude of no big deal. That like win no big deal, lose no big deal because like. It's going to all happen. Yeah. And you just have to get used to this. You can't be like so attached to the idea of yourself as the guy who wins or the guy who loses. Right. And that I think is, uh, yeah, challenging. Because when you win, you can, you'll lose the next, like it always goes up and down. Yeah. That, um, I, I, I feel that the samurai archetype is the only one that has like much, um, like validity in our current society. And the samurai archetype is one of like, basically believing that you're basically accepting yourself as already dead and then from there there's like this ironic ability to hone your craft and and go after what you really care about the most and without an idea of preserving anything you're just like so able to focus and move forward and there's something in that that feels very related to me totally this, this divorcing of your sense of self from anything that's from so, like that's your so thoughts hard. Your, it's so hard and that's that's part of like the buddhist mentality too it's like i love yeah. the ideas of buddhism but it's like i still i'm not ready to give up the things that i like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yes. i mean or the things that make me happy but I, I i don't think buddhism would ask you to do that I, it's just unattaching from everything so it, it's right. treating them all the same like a good thing is just as is the same as a bad thing like it's in my understanding of it. Uh, yes. I don't have a... I'm not going to pretend like I'm a Buddhist scholar or anything Me like neither. that. I just think... In fact, take this out. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's cut this fucking out. Um, no, I think, though, that there is something... I, I just... This this idea of dialectics about everything and an a, utter acceptance and understanding of your life as a paradoxical one, that I am this like spiritual being and also this physical one ruled by these physical impulses and fears and whatever, is like that where... I think there is a way that you can both enjoy the things that you like and have your quirks of personality and this like little being a person and also feel a spiritual non-attachment to it. Yeah. That is hard. It's hard to just say, I think you can do two things that are contradict each other and they're true. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, I guess, that there is a way to cultivate that feeling. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. Because, you know, if you get hungry uh, and you get snappy because you're hungry and tired... Like that's changed who you are Mm -hmm. from a very stupid reason that has nothing to do with your spirit. Yeah. But it's going to affect how you walk through the world and how you treat people. Right. It doesn't mean that's who you are. You know what I mean? There's something in that that's like the same thing. That's, that is the, that is the idea that like I'm getting at. Oh God. And we'll talk like, cause we still, I still haven't answered the second question, but the, the point is, is like, like with, because meditation is probably my big thing. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I'm this big meditator. Like, I'm not teaching. I went. To, I did the TM thing. Oh, In wow. a very, like, I'm going to start meditating to help me get a book more work. Like, it was yeah, very, yeah. like. Catching the big fish, yeah, baby. It, it was just, like, very, like, like, I need to meditate so I can get more into this world of acting and stuff and, and be better at it and be able to, like, 
be calmer at auditions but then it became like a huge part of my life that i love and i do twice a day really but you it's, have a mantra and everything i have a mantra tm is transcendental meditation it's transcendental. like david lynch's thing right yeah he's like um he like is a big proponent of it yeah you pay like a lot of money you go they give you a mantra there's a ceremony you do like six classes and then that's it it's ultimately just meditation you don't need to do tm right <laughs> why do you think do you think other people I was going to say, because it is a lot of money. I've heard people do it. Do you think there's a part of that that has to do with like, you, it's like you're committing to the, it? I think that it is. Like, it's going to make you do it. If you pay $2,500 or whatever it costs, it's going to... It's like a sunk cost fallacy. You're like, I, this has got to work. Yeah. I'm going to commit to you're this. You're like, I'm going to do this because I just paid this much money yeah. for it. But actually, what I found, the reason that the uh, classes worked for me is because what you do when you start meditating is you're like, this shit doesn't work. I'm just sitting here. Cause you have to like do it for a while. Mm -hmm. And people would ask, they, you can ask any question. We're asking the dumbest questions about meditation. We're like, what if I'm hungover? Is mm -hmm. it still going to work? Mm -hmm. And the teacher's like, yeah, you should still do it. If you're hungover, mm -hmm. like what if, you know, like, what if I hear sounds outside? Like we're just yeah. asking the dumbest question. So you need this to be a really good sketch, by the way. <laughs> you need the teacher. It would be like, I'm like, dumb questions about meditation. Dumb meditation sketch. If I'm hungover, can I, I have a note that's full of bad ideas. But it, but that's the thing is everyone's trying to fight reasons why they should like keep yes. doing it. And it's like the teacher's literally like, just do it. It's easy. It's simple. So it's very AA. So the reason it, it works if you work it. You yeah. Know? And so the reason that it, hmm. the class and TM worked for me is because I heard people ask dumb questions like that. I asked dumb questions and you just get all this shit out of your way. Like literally they're like, what if a FedEx person comes in the middle of meditation and you're only 10 minutes in? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know what, like, in hindsight, I'm like, you don't need to take a class. Just start meditating. Make up your own mantra. Yeah. But it helped me yeah. do it, and I still do it twice a day yeah. years later. So How long do you do it for? 20 minutes twice a day. Really? Yes. Fuck, that's and amazing. The fact that I do that You is, set a timer? I just set a timer. Yeah. I just have like my little watch. I also have an app that sometimes... Like, if I can't do 20 minutes, I'll do 10 minutes. It's not like I'm going to beat myself up about it. You and know? is it like literally you just sitting comfortably and breathing? You're and sitting comfortably. You breathe. Literally you breathe for you like take like basically 30 seconds of like in and out deep breath just to kind of calm things. And then you just quietly start repeating your mantra in your head. So say your mantra is peanut butter. You're literally just like peanut in your head you're just going peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter it's kind of like whatever mm -hmm. and then you're gonna go peanut butter you're gonna go oh god did i remember to put the clothes in the dryer but then you're just gonna go okay wait i'm thinking i'm just gonna go back to peanut butter mm -hmm. peanut butter peanut butter so meditation is yeah. not getting to this place in my understanding yeah. of it of like clearing your head right it's literally just going back to the mantra and if you're not doing a mantra and you're just doing the breath it's just going back to the breath over and over again that's all it is the um does it does the words of the mantra matter or could it be peanut butter the it could be peanut butter the reason that the mantras and tm they they they're not words they're sound like they call them sounds because they don't hold have meaning got it so the problem with peanut butter is like if you're thinking about peanut butter all the time you might Right. Be thinking of peanut butter. The sa so that's why you can just take take any like Sanskrit sound. We all know them. Right. Like hum. Yeah. Like whatever it is. Like ohms and stuff. Ohm, and yeah. Like any of those things, slap them together and you got a mantra. Yeah. Cough, that's just, cool. Or just go just go ohm. Like. Yeah. You know. 
And this is very like crude. No, but this is I think profound. I yeah. mean, one thing like it's given me a lot of thoughts. Like um one I've I've been lucky to have a few little meditation teachers through my life and I just realize sometimes without having a practice that's active, like same with yoga. My mom taught yoga all the time, so I learned a lot of it when I was like a teenager and you just like realize they become part of your life. So meditation, one, I had when I, the same martial arts instructor. We would do Qigong like meditation and stuff with uh, before we do Kung Fu. And he, I remember him saying like thoughts like uh, he's like, let let horse, let them be like a galloping horse to your mind. Like you can look at it, just don't ride it. Yeah. And so that idea was literally, he would say like, you're going to start thinking about like, oh, do I need to go to the store? Do I need milk? Or do I need another way home? And he's like, just don't follow the thread. Yes. Like just come back. So like not to beat yourself up and be like, I'm not meditating. I'm not meditating. But just to like, let it go and can come back. Um, my, when I was a little kid, I have this memory of a, one of my dad's friends, I think. Um, he's like, he was like, a, we called him uncle, but like I, he was not, he was just a buddy. Right. I remember I was so fascinated as a kid. He he uh, had gotten his teeth knocked out by a softball. And so he had this like fake teeth that he would like click in and out to like freak <laughs> to me make out. Yeah. And he, he grew like sprouts in the back window of his car. So he's like kind of a granola guy, obviously. Right. But I still have this memory of sitting in my backyard when I was a kid and him talking to me about meditation and being like, you can just pick one piece of grass and just stare at it for a while and breathe. And I don't know. I must have been eight or nine, but it really stuck with me that I was like, the idea of meditation or like anything that's going to the idea of transcendence, I suppose, is is not some mystical, magical, faraway thing. It's so accessible and present. It's present. Yeah. It's just here. Yeah. It's like about here. It's not about going to another place. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting and funny about all the people in the room asking, like, am I going to do this wrong? How what are the rules? Uh, Because you need that. And I find this with physical practices now, too, like. How do you give people uh, the tools to understand to trust their own body and self and that they're enough and to go like, what do you feel like doing today? Like, what does your body feel like it needs? And that um, is is difficult to get people that they need structure. They need options. Yeah. But at some point, it's just about paring down. Right. And but it's I think the important part of that is like it's like what's the expect? Everyone is freaked out about what the expectation is or wants to know like what the like with meditation like they're like okay what like what's the point that's the important part i want to get out of like yeah. what i got from meditation mm-hmm. it, exactly it's not like i'm like this is zen i'm still fucking neurotic and like i have yeah. i'm still creative and it's not like i'm like hey how are you like it didn't go <laughs> to this like weird yeah. place but it it does when i'm not in like a de- crazy depressed state it helps me like just like you if you have the thought of like, did I put the laundry in? And then you go back. It is like, if you have a thought of like, oh God, what did I just say? I'm so stupid. Why did I say that? You can, you can use your meditation technique and just be like, wow. My, that thought doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like you're still here. You're present. You're breathing. And then like, just to add one more thing, like with, I, I posted that this actor video yeah about how actors are crazy and spin out and it was about like negative self-talk yes. and like that's another like literal thing the shut term. up thing yeah the shut up thing yeah so i was this is i did not learn this just in, in a nutshell really quick for people you should go see it this is very funny but this in the sketch you are talking with another actor about like when you get and you start to have negative thoughts and then you just quiet down and then you scream shut up shut at yourself. Up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and so literally i was <laughs> this was i think labor day weekend I was hanging out with some people, Laura Harrison, who you know, yeah. and like a, another group, this woman named Judith, who's like kind of an older, like beautiful actress. 
and she's like, you know, been through a lot and she, we were all just opening up and shit. And I was like, this was when I was in a low place and I was coming out of it a bit. And I was like, you know, I just have these thoughts and she was like, she brought up the samurai. She was like, she's like, you need to invoke the image of the samurai. And whenever oh, you hear that thought, you just go, Shing! and she like did this, like <laughs> uh, she did this, like sword. Yeah. And I started doing that. There's uh you read Dune ever? No. Have you heard of that book? I know what it is. David Lynch actually directed one of the versions of it. A very yeah. funny, very Lynchy, not very Dune-y, but pretty dope. <laughs> um, but there's a thing in that they talk about the desert people of Arrakis, the Fremen, they, you know, in the book, they they call it the attitude of the knife. And I heard this when I was a kid and loved there's also they have this litany against fear in there that's very good. But the attitude of the knife is saying cutting off what's incomplete and saying now it's complete because it ends here. And so things like that, this like very extremist idea of like self maintenance uh, is powerful. Yeah. I, even when I do jujitsu, sometimes I talk about like um Sometimes you're in a scramble and it could go either way. Who's going to come up on top? You or the other opponent and you're both strong and you're doing this thing or they're close to getting a submission on you, a joint lock or something. And you're like, it's not, nothing to me. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you're in a dire situation where it could go either way. Yeah. And sometimes in my mind or even sometimes out loud without realizing, I'll just go, no. And it fucking works. Yes. Like there's something weird about the power of, I mean, the power of no, but just like this ability that we have to just, Declare just a thing, declare it, and that's what it is. Yeah, and especially with your thoughts that are insane and out of control, just say "shut the fuck up." Yeah, that's, that's really it, good. It really works. Well, I think that gets back to that thing too about like the the safety cord for the light. Like, I I feel like now if I get those bad, 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 dark, bad thoughts, um, I have some things in place a little bit like that. That's just like no, you know, like that's not. <laughs> That's wrong. Yeah. You figure this one out. No. You know? Yeah. Because interestingly enough, yeah, I knew that I was going to come do this podcast and I had been listening to it. So I, I was like thinking about where I'm at and all that stuff. And yesterday I had a shitty day and I was like, like, it'll, I'll just have like these spin outs where I just stop. Like I'll be outside, but I don't even know I'm outside. My mind, I'm just mm -hmm. like trapped on this mind train. Yeah. And I'm listening to my mind be like, you're kind of a piece of shit. Like, and then I just have to be like, no. Uh -huh. And blade of grass it and literally be like that's there's really a tr good. there's a tree I'm looking at. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, <laughs> I know? know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's that like Walt Whitman thing. You gotta like fall back on that like unbearable lightness of being. I do the, I do this thing, I just think of like I think of wind and I think of like I do think of trees. Like I think vegetation is always very good to just like bring me immediately myself. Incense is something yeah. I use. Anything that just I can just focus on, like that's where the "Don't Kill Yourself" list came from. Because it was like, what are immediate, accessible things that are like now and here, and aren't like these ephemeral concepts that just like th that's all bullshit. Like right. those thoughts or this place I'm going to. Yeah, just come back to now. Come back to now, and like that will like save you. In this it will. Way. And just look at the fucking tree next to you and be like, that's a cool tree. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's harder to do when you're like really low. Oh, yeah. But if you're in a place where you're feeling pretty good and you just start dipping a bit, it's easier just to be like, look at the tree, like shut the fuck up thoughts. Like those are the things you can do. Yeah, it's interesting because the shut the fuck up thought is what something that's funny about that to me is like as a sensitive person and someone who wants to validate the reality of mental health and things like that and is empathetic. I, I would never be a public proponent of shut the fuck up, right? Like you, you, the whole point is like, no, we are trying to, but this is where I get in this thing with myself is like, um, 
I like to be sensitive and also I also have done I done I do combat sports I like when my coach tells me the truth because it makes me think they trust me and they respect me and they know when I need to hear certain things I need to hear and that's one of those things that like sometimes you gotta fucking coach yourself and just be like shut the fuck up that's yeah. not who you are you're fine but you're not saying that to you you're saying it to the, your thought that's exactly. like not you exactly and I, I think that like that's part, true part of the meditation thing is like you are the one really woo woo part about meditation is you're trying to connect yourself to the part of you that's not your fucking thoughts. So uh -huh. when you when you're deep in when you're meditating a lot, you get to a place where you like do look at your thoughts as not really like you. So you can say to your th thought, yeah. shut the fuck up, and you're not attacking yourself. Yeah. Or you can do the thing where you're like, I hear you. Like if you want to be whatever, yeah. you can be like thought i hear you yeah you're not useful to me to me right now uh -huh. i'm gonna let you move on that was how i got with my demons quite literally <laughs> i i have i think i've said this i repeat myself all the time here but that my who i came to call the wolf and he was just like i realized this is like the also the thing about integration versus like compartmentalizing you can't deny parts of you you need to like acknowledge that anything you are is part of you and figure out how to do deal with that. Yeah. And for me, the things that were self-destructive, I realized like just the way a wolf, like a German shepherd dog would be sometimes in interest in their interest to protect me. They could be real shitty to other people and to myself. Even they'd sn snip at things and create tense situations and whatever. And so I had to do this thing about like of, of like, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. I really appreciate and understand why you are the way you are. I don't need it right now. Yeah. You know, and that actually was very helpful. It, it's helpful. <laughs> or you can say, shut the fuck or up. Say, the I fuck don't up. need you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so meditation helps you. Meditation helps. I've, I, the, re, I actually recently stopped going to therapy because it was my therapy sessions ended up with me being like, I'm feeling really good. Like, yeah, it was it was just me being like, I feel good. I'm nervous that I'm going to go dark again, but it's not happening. So I think those cycles are correct or yeah. healthy. I don't think, I don't think even I've met a therapist that would tell me, I think you're supposed to be in therapist every, every no. week, every, and my the therapist was like, you, you know, if yeah. you want to start coming every other week or she was like, you know, if you, you can take a break. Mm -hmm. And so I did, but I, but even though I just said that also this happened where I did have a, like a down spell and my therapist was like, have you ever thought about medication? Because it sounds like you're mm -hmm. going to be, if you're going to dip and come up and dip. And I was like, not for me. Yeah. Not right now. That's fine. That's yeah. good. Know yourself. Yeah. I um, I haven't talked about this on anything. I'll probably do a brain breather. that will come out before this. Um, But uh, I recently had a just a weird schedule snafu thing where I missed refilling a prescription on my antidepressant. And I've gone and I've never done the antidepressant. Uh, I, I've been on medication. I started them at the same time, Adderall and this antidepressant called mirtazapine. And um, so I've never experienced just one or the other. And I've uh, I've been off my antidepressant for about like four or five days because of just things happened with the schedule and like I, the pharmacy was closed. And, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I got really nervous and I was surprised to feel that I feel like really good. I feel like really fine. I even feel like a little bit more like myself. Mm. And I've, I'm talking to my psychiatrist about it, of doing this little monitored experiment of like trying just the, just the ADHD medication. There's a lot of like emotional implications there uh, in ADHD that people don't really know about and the popular like understanding of it. We just think of it as like hyperactive kids. But um, 
I don't know. I just this this it's been interesting to be like I avoided uh, medication like the plague for most of my life because of my experience, my dad and different things and um, and then tried it. And I'm glad I've done it because it's changed my life really positively. Like uh, the Adderall, uh, especially, I think, and understanding ADHD better over the last few years. But the but the antidepressant also it like really help me from like bad places so do you think that it brought you like up to a more manageable level and if you wean off you're gonna stay you'll stay at a good spot this is what i'm interested in experimenting with i've talked to other friends um who have also different um diagnosed mental things and and they like i told my closest friends about this and asked their thoughts i was like it's only been a couple days i haven't had my prescription but i feel like really good and like what do you think about this and he was like i've done that with all my medications at different times i've I've just purposefully stopped to see and he's like just be careful uh, um because sometimes it's not great and basically i think i feel like i'm doing it the right way by being open with my psychiatrist and talking to them about it talking to my friends so people like know what's up right. and that way i can like moderate like what's what's happening but that is all to say that I think the tools are all valid and I've never thought I've talked to my psychiatrist from the beginning about this too. I've never thought like, Oh, I'm going to just have to have this pill every day for the rest of my life. And much like, um, if you wanted to learn how to do an exercise, if you wanted to learn how to do a pull up, you can't just do a pull up out of nowhere. You have to like do bands or you need to hang the thing. And those to me are like the medication potentially, but that, uh, my friend said it very well once that he felt medication just allowed him to use the tools that he'd already learned in therapy um, in a way that they weren't functional before he had the medication. Mm. But then I think there's a way that you can build habits and build things with the medication that maybe then you can wean off and see. So this isn't true for everyone. Everyone needs to moderate where they're at and everyone's brain is different. And this is why it's good to, I mean, I'm not advocating anything. I'm not a fucking doctor, <laughs> but um, I'm just saying for my experience, you saying that just I I just haven't talked about that that it's like the medication really helped me a lot and then also it's been interesting to be like hmm I feel really good and even more like myself without it but I do think that it uh, it definitely had a a leveling of a different antidepressants do different things the one right. I, I'm on I think it's called a tricycline or something like that is this it's not an SSRI or an SNRI. And it, it helps you sleep also a little bit. That's um, good. But I think the I have some insomnia issues, but like the sedative effect maybe was a little bit heavy. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of experiencing a feeling of less sedated. And not that I even felt sedated. It's just, it just it's very, very tiny. Yeah. yeah, It's very hard to describe about this extra filter of just. I've always been scared of medication because as much as I hate my lows, like I love my high and I don't think it's like a manic, but like I love these moments that I can experience where I'm like overwhelmed with like yeah. happiness or yes. overwhelmed with just like being grateful or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I would prefer to keep though. I mean, maybe you can still be a, you I'm, can. Well, yeah. that was, I will say, I want to say that too, that I was so nervous from what I've heard other people in horror stories about their, that they felt like they couldn't access their, I never felt that. I felt like very in touch with my creativity and, and all these things. I do feel, and there's other things coinciding with it in the world of my life, like mm-hmm. other habit changes. So it's, it's hard to say like, is it just this or that? But I do feel like more access to like humor in a weird way and like a kind That's of good. sharpness that was like, are also like very saving graces for me. They're yeah. very, you know, very much important coping mechanisms for like how I live. Totally. Um, so I don't know. I just think that there's validity on both sides of, of that thing. Did you ever, can I ask like, um, 
how's your experience with substances been in general drinking and drugs and stuff like that in your life yeah i mean i've done it all yeah 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 (laughs) i like to um i've never luckily i've never used drugs or alcohol really as a coping mechanism yeah like if if anything i've only like drank whenever it's been like let's celebrate i've never i've never if i'm like down or sad or something i'm not like let's get a drink that's good so i think that's good but i do drink alone no, I never drink alone. Okay, I never good, drink probably. during the day, and I never drink the second day after. Like if I'm if I drink okay. too much, the next day, no yeah. matter what's going on, I'm like I'm not fucking drinking. Well, that's today. good. So that's like it's not your medicine. Yes, but I will say, hangovers can trigger a lot for me in terms of just like darkness. Uh-huh. And so I have to track if I do say I have like a couple glasses of wine or whatever or two bottles of wine. Then yeah. The next day. I, I just try to be mindful of like, right. I'm not a crazy person with this much anxiety that's depressed. I'm just dealing with the yep. the uh, effects of this hangover. Yeah, that's very real. That's yeah. very, very important. I, I do think it's hard to track sometimes those things. I, even even in relationships have been when you get you realize you're fighting a lot more. I've been sometimes been like, well, how much have we been sleeping? Right. Like, you think, silly things like that. But with, um, you know, it's, people say it all the time, but alcohol is a depressant. And that's one of the things it does. It makes you feel really good and then really, really bad. bad. <laughs> and and that is important because do you drink. Uh, I do. I've I drink again a little bit here and there. Very sparingly. I used to drink a lot, I think. And then last year I didn't drink at all. I think I drank like one, one and a half times over the whole year. And they were for like very specific it was like a glass of wine one night and then that I regretted. It was like my dad and at a dinner and I was like, I didn't, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. And then uh, and then one was like a totally celebratory ritual thing of my friend was for this award in this food world thing. And I felt fine about that. I also felt like the next morning I was like, oh, don't miss it. That's fine. Yep. But it was very easy in a weird way to not especially when I had been drinking so much the prior year um, without alone and without realizing it. You'd be like, I'm just going to pour myself a little uh, scotch and write and then you'd kill a half a bottle of whiskey and barely feel drunk and be like, what am I doing? Yeah. So it's just this, it becomes this subwoofer uh, experience of of something that's always going yeah. around. And I'm from Texas, so yeah. like drinking's not a, not a light thing. Like people drink right. there. So yeah. it's like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic or whatever, but I do know that if I start drinking, I drink... I'm going to keep drinking. Yeah. So I have, I just, I just keep, I'm just mindful of it. And I'm like, and I also know when I'm sober for long periods of time, I do better at everything. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's true. I feel better. I book more work. I'm a better actor. I'm a better person, better friend. When you get older, it becomes really real. Just the way you feel is so, it's funny because when I was younger, I think there's a part of me that thought like, like you said, be a better actor. I think there's part of me that probably felt like I was better. Oh yeah. You know, being drunk. like, when I'm drunk, I write and act better. You're like, that's not true. That's like people think they fight better than when they're drunk too. It's like, got news for you, pal. You do nothing better when you're drunk. You don't. You don't fuck better. (laughs) You do nothing better. Well, I mean, you think you might, but like, <laughs> no, what if yeah, you have no, whiskey? You yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I was like, there's like a, there's a happy, I do think, I think, I do think weed can make me do certain things better. Yeah. But anyway. I don't, because you know. we, but like, that's the problem with weed. Weed, I, I like weed and I do, I do a lot of CBD and I do take gummies sometimes, mm-hmm. like THC gummies. Yeah. But weed is one of those things too that'll make me like. Yeah. Hate myself, so sometimes I you don't get in those trap those thoughts. Yeah, I've I've been enjoy, I've been enjoying weed more over the last year, especially. I think 
as I got clearer and did like more work with myself, I like that it allows me to go to pretty weird existential spaces that used to really scare me and yeah. I'd avoid them like the fucking plague. And now that I feel a little more comfortable, I, I like to go to those places because I feel safer to explore them and, yeah. and get a little slippery with time and my sense of self. And um, do you trust yeah. your ideas whenever you're like high? Well, I think it has to do with that non-attachment thing we were talking about yeah. is I do and I don't trust all of the things now. Sure. So that process is more interesting to me. And um, and I think, I don't know, in, in weird ways, somebody, um, my friend Mitchell said on this podcast a long time ago, and it's really affected me a lot, was like he's not afraid of dying because he knows he's not afraid of the time before he was born. And um, oh. yeah, right. Yeah. That like I, I just think wherever you go is wherever I was then. Right. And that's really beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. And there's something about getting to like really stony spaces. And I honestly, I've only done shrooms a little bit here and there, but I assume based on some things I've described in other people's reactions, like it sounds like maybe it's more like that uh, closer to those experiences. But when things get slippery about like my sense of self and reality in a weird way now, as I become like more mystical or whatever, as I get older, I like it. I, I find it weirdly reassuring that like, I'm just part of this big chaotic, strange universe that's always changing and, yeah. and I'm very temporary, but it's all very temporary while also being eternal. And I just like, like that, yeah. like really living in that soup. Yeah. So it used to scare me. I remember doing like, this was even before I moved to LA, but doing cocaine a few times, no one should do drugs. But doing it and like having like these conversations. I'd moderate that. I think everyone should do some drugs. Okay. Just be safe, you know? That's me. That's me. I'm just chiming in. Okay, I don't know. Not the, you. Like, who we're me. talking to. But like, say we were both on like some cocaine right now and yeah. we were like, we're like, we're best friends. We should like, <laughs> right, right. We should like write the script and it's going to be amazing. And then feeling literally and as. we do it on cocaine. Yeah, but literally feeling as you're having that conversation, the cocaine stopped working. Yeah. And you kind of being like, oh, we're not best friends. We're yeah. Never, like, and I was like, I hate that fucking well, feeling. Well, cocaine's a funny one for me. Yeah, keep going. I, well, I, I just, I hate this, that yeah. feeling. And it made me just like, like the fraudulence. That the feeling, fraudulent yeah, thing yeah, of like yeah. feeling like this, like, oh, we're so connected. Life is grand. And then it not being. Yeah. And then, so I, I sometimes. Oh yeah, that's, that's like a if, very If someone's like really stoned, like I get high and I love being stoned, but if like, I don't tr- take people at their word if they're like stoned or drunk yeah that's good you know what i mean yeah, that's correct i'm though. like you're drunk like yeah. it's I, I love you but it's like i'm not going to take your advice right now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i think the cocaine one i i will say uh again i'm I, I do think people should experiment i've only i don't do the ones i don't experiment with ones that can kill you the first time okay so let's not do heroin so let's you, not do crack yeah. let's not do things that'll just fuck your life up like that right um but I do think definitely weed is harmless. It's way more harmless than fucking alcohol is totally. and everybody's alcohol. I agree. Cocaine, I think, is less is more harmless than people like to say it is, but also very dangerous. And for me, when I tried cocaine, the times I did it, um, I do have ADHD. And so I loved it so much. It was like this stimulant and it made me feel normal. Oh, wow. And I knew that also my dad, I had a history of people in my family who really were into uppers. And so I knowing that stuff and knowing my reaction of like, I love this so much. I just really shunned it. I was like, I'll give my life for this. I could tell. Yeah. Um, That's why I know I don't have ADHD. Because if I I take an Adderall, I feel like I am on speed. Yes, and this is a good way to know if you have it or not. Right. Because when I, it feels the same way as like yeah. cocaine or literal sp- like yes. speed, like I'm which like, is all it is. It's on the generic bottle. It says methamphetamine salts <laughs> or, or amphetamine salts. You wow. know that's what it is. Bath salts. It's what it is. But um, 
but for me, it does. If you do have the dopamine issue, the, the receptor issue, it calms you down a lot. It just lets you order your thoughts. That's all it really does. Yeah. Order your thoughts. The the ADHD mind, one of the things they say is um, you have no sense of hierarchy. So you're receiving every thought and input at the same level. Oh, okay. um, so like that thing about like the laundry I need to do or this like hole in my pants I need to fix has the same weight of like I got to be at like, work on time. Like the and bullet hole you all, Yes, <laughs> literally. Bleeding. All of those things have the same importance. Which is why in like a crisis situation, somebody who's taking in a million different inputs at equal level and and processing them all currently can be really useful. There's like a reason that we have people like this in our species and our in our civilization. Okay, but um, but it can be very difficult to function day to day. It can be very stressful and very stressful on people around you and you know whatever. So anyway, that is a good rule of thumb. If you try if you try any sort of upper and it makes you feel very like. I the way I described it was it felt like the world was going like me and the world were going the same speed finally yeah and it just feels like you go like cool but that's maybe a thing to pay attention but to. So, like when I did mushrooms I've done mushrooms a few times but the one time I did it where I had like this out of this world intense mm-hmm. trip I it was the last time I did it because I was like I I appreciate that like my mind can go there and that that world exists but like that's not my day-to-day so i don't, I don't even want to know yeah that that's a place i can be mm-hmm. in does that make sense you don't want to know you said i it's like it's like i'm glad i know and i oh, experienced yes, yes. that and i saw that vibe and yeah. trip and i tripped like that but i don't want to continue like i want to you like it here i like here i like uh-huh. here and i i want to focus on being like how did I get along in like? Oh yeah, I get that. I real totally get that. World. I think um, because I think also being an actor uh, and being able to think about all this stuff all the time. Sometimes I do feel like I'm really losing touch with normal society and people. Anyway, like yeah. I just know I am, and I don't want to totally lose that <laughs> yet. You know. But as long as you can throw away everything you talk about at yeah. Right. At some point. Which I do think is another reason the acting thing comes in. It's table work. Right. Like your whole life is table work. And then being able to do the part of like we ask about all these fucking questions and even go down whatever rabbit holes we want about like where they lived and what they were doing and what who are we. And then you go on stage and just go like, all right, fuck all that. Yeah. And you just do whatever comes out. Yeah. That's like how life feels for me. It's like I'll spend all this time doing this, but then I got to be able to and usually have no problem just also then going like, okay. Right, and now we're performing. Yeah, and we're doing not the show. Just talking to the person across from you, yeah. and you're not gonna being here. You can't overthink this stuff in a person-to-person situation because right. then you're crazy. To allow you to leave at some point, I will jam through the next <laughs> questions. What is uh, what's something cheesy you find inspiring? Um, I mean, just yeah, I didn't think about these questions, but it's okay. I mean, I honestly just think like I'm still like music, like dumbass. Uh-huh like fight like girl power music yeah okay, yeah <laughs> like there's a new kelly clarkson, clarkson i don't think i've heard song it. you've never i don't heard think i've heard the her. new i don't think I've it's heard called the new broken one. and beautiful and it's okay, just one of those songs yeah, that's, that's pretty like, like yeah it's on the nose I, a little on the yeah, nose and I have yeah no problems being like totally I'm broken and I'm beautiful yeah no i fucking love that shit yeah i think um somebody put a really funny do you watch game of thrones yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the you know, last. This is, you haven't seen the last? No. Do you know what happens? No. Do you want to know? Is it a spoiler for care. you? I don't care. You don't care. Okay, Do you want to spoil it Because I'm going to spoil the fuck out of I shit. I bet I already I don't know. care. I feel like if you're out there, sorry. It's too late, dude. This is cultural <laughs> shit. This is what's happening. But somebody put like, do you care? I'm no. going to ruin shit. Okay. 
uh, so Daenerys has like a real heel turn, you know, or that's what we're supposed to. And she commits this atrocity where she like burns up King's Landing with her dragon. But somebody took it and put it, uh, put the Taylor Swift's fight song underneath it. This is my fight song. Take back my life song yes! while she's just destroying and the city. That's the perfect song. <laughs> it's so funny. But I'm also like, I think, I think Daenerys. I, I think it's a. I think the whole story is sad, and Daenerys was not wrong. And she's like, I love Daenerys, but uh, she was our socialist queen. She yeah. was going to solve the world. She was going to break the wheel, and instead, the capitalists she won. Got and pushed whatever. Too far. Very sad. But anyway, that's a perfect song. Fight I think this song is totally acceptable. Yes. Is one of those songs where I'm like. Like I, this is meant to be like a power song and be <laughs> inspirational, yeah. and it works for me. I feel like there's something almost like weirdly TMI about that, like a thing that says what it is, declares what it is, and you just go, "This is what it is," and we all say, "That's what it is," and so it works. You know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But also, I feel like, dude, the like, if you think about the hipster like trajectory, uh-huh. like when I was young in high school and early college, that's when I was like. Fuck pop music, mm-hmm. fuck movies, unless they're independent movies <laughs> right. and all that stuff. Yeah. And I feel like now I'm like older and I'm yeah. just like pop music's pop music because people actually like it. Yeah. <laughs> and it affects your senses in a positive yeah. way. Do you, do you like that movie Music and Lyrics? Do you think Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore? I don't think I've seen it, but I, I it just love it. I don't know why I love it. I watched it again not that long ago and I was like, okay, it's not as good as I remember, but like I still like it a lot. Yeah. And and it's a kind of movie they don't make anymore, like that like $30 million rom-com thing where you're like, wow, it's fucking crazy. They just yeah. made these. I don't know. But, um, but it's about, you know, she's a, a writer who's good at lyrics and he's a pop star who's good at tunes or an ex pop star. And he's like kind of aging. He was like in the eighties. He was big and he needs her to write lyrics for, for him. Cause he's like, you're so good at this. And I know we're going to have a thing. Uh, and she's like, but that's pop is like dumb. And they get in an argument about it, but he says this thing. He goes, Oh, I right, right, right. Cause pop's not real writing and blah, blah. And he's like, tell me something in his Hugh Grantiness, but he's like, tell me something that makes you feel as good as fast as I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. And then tell me like pop doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And that like still moves me. I, I think that's just fucking it's real. True. Yeah. Like who, why are you too cool for feeling good? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's like weird. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, what's something dark about you? Something dark. That's four. Yeah, I think is dark. Yeah. I mean, like I already said I thought about killing myself. That's true. That's really good. That's I, a good so one. This is a really fucked up thing that I will say. Like, I, so I used to have like a really big Vine following. That's so like dumb oh, to say. Okay. But I yeah, had yeah. like half a million followers and the girl that I made comedy yeah. videos with had a million followers. So we had this big following and I noticed from kind of a so the social media world that people like this is so weird, but I did think of this when you told me the question. Yeah, people like to tell you like what you're like. People will send you messages like, "I was going to kill myself today," and then I watched your video and it changed my and like I decided mm-hmm. not to. And something about things like that <laughs> freak me out. Yeah, because I almost feel like sometimes it comes from like a selfish place of like, look at me as opposed to like actually someone that's feeling uh-huh, uh-huh. down and dark. I know this sounds atrocious. The person telling you that. Yeah. Like sure. I'm like, I don't know. That's uh, no, no, I do. I do know. I do know. Crazy. I mean, I mean, and I feel fine even talking about this. Like this is a podcast about mental health that yeah. we say that out loud. And I think I, I weekly, it's not like a huge podcast either. One of the things that keeps me doing it is that I it helps me uh, to do, yeah. and 
that whole starfish thing. If it helps one fucking person, then that fucking matters. The, the reason you do theater too. One person after the show is like, hey, you did your part on Earth. You're fine, you yeah. know? And that sometimes that's all you have. You have to like look for those things. So uh, I, it matters to me. And I engage with people. We started doing this Our Good Bad Brain thing where like we talk to like, I've been talking more to like people who just listen to the show, people that I don't know personally uh, or, the, you know, which is kind of how it goes typically. Um, so I communicate a lot with people. As an unprofessional person who has no qualifications to be talking to people about their mental health, so there's that. But I do have this thing too, and I think other people, who, if anybody who listens to this show, will appreciate what I'm saying and the kind of self examination required. Is like, I get resentful when I feel like even a stranger is being like manipulative in some way, and that there's some performative aspect to the thing. And one of the things I struggle with with mental health in general, and like sort of the woke approach to mental health, and the idea of ableism, and then my own feelings about my thing is one of like I and why I stop therapy when I sometimes when I'm doing it too much and it's not helping is like I don't I don't I'm not comfortable identifying with my problems totally right like once i i I wanted to and i needed to when they didn't feel real or validated by the world but once i validated them i feel like stoicism is this natural next thing of like okay now i would like to master myself and not be ruled by my feelings and know that i can do other things and i think there's a part of me that almost on like an animal level rejects and gets like freaked out when i see somebody who is unconsciously behaving from some self-victimy place. I recognize myself sometimes in the person who is the idea that there's a performative aspect to somebody's pain or or that you feel like they're going to get attention for a, identifying with a debilitation. I think it resonates with me as something I recognize from myself personally, and it makes me feel very afraid. Yeah, exactly. And I think more so what I mean is like, just reach out and say like, hey, how's it going? And like, you want to talk? Can I like, yeah, do you want to talk or can I talk to you? And as opposed to being like, I'm depressed. Will you talk to me? That's what it, or yes. I'm, I'm like, d- you know? I, I think I, I can always tell the difference when somebody is really in need or, or I, I think it has to do with unraveling codependency in a larger life, but I think I'm much better now at sensing if somebody's honestly, and I try to moderate this when I'm, if I give people compliments and stuff too, is like, Am I really just saying like, hey, no attachments, not looking for anything back from you. I just like I just wanted you to know you did a positive thing in my life without knowing it. And I think you should tell people stuff like that because that's cool for them to know. Yeah, but we just want validation from it. I do it all the time, too. Well, personally, I'm just saying sometimes I don't. Sometimes oh. I really feel like I want to. And I think on, on you as well. There's you got to allow yourself to recognize when someone else just take in that you did something nice and you were a positive and they're just trying to let you know that. That's why I'm saying it's a dark. The, the question right. is, is why is it dark? Yes. And I'm like, I think it's dark because I per- can perceive it in such yeah. a fucked up way. Sure. But I also don't think you're wrong with what I'm saying is I think it's a it's a thing one has to be sensitive to. There is also a version which is like. Um, I feel like I'm going to cut myself right now. You got to talk to me, please. I need you to talk to me where you're just like, no, that's not how that works. I don't even trust that right now. I've met a lot of people in my life who use like the idea of some pain that they have as a way to hold you hostage. Yeah. And I don't believe that. Uh, I, I believe it's possible that you feel so alone that like, and I put myself out here as somebody who, I want to create less aloneness in the world or, and even just by making comedy, you can do that. And all that is cool. 
But I also think the internet's created this weird thing that you need to be able to moderate well, which is like a sense of intimacy. Like even you and I, like I, we, we were talking before we came in. Oh, it's weird that we've never met. It's like, it doesn't feel that way right. because I've seen your stuff and it resonates with me. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. We know each other. But then you're like, you have to go like, whoa, wait, I don't. And so whenever I'm doing it, I think it's good for people to notice, notice themselves. Are you paying compliments to people or doing something? I think you can just, the, the, the easier version is just to say like, I can tell when someone's being horny. I can tell when someone's doing it because they want to <laughs> fake uh, an emotional connection or try to create some fake genuine connection Yeah, because they're trying to get something out of it or out of you. And that's a bad feeling. Yeah. Um, I try to just like consciously be ignorant of that sometimes and just like almost like Mr. Rogers did or something. Just be positive and be like, I know what's really going on, but we're going to not do that and pick the other thing. Okay. Yeah, because in <laughs> real life. Because if I like in real life when I was younger, I had friends or like people that I was dating or seeing or like, you know, like high, in high school and college that would use would do the same tactic. But in like you're that's saying, what I'm saying. But in a fucked up way. Like, yeah. You're like to get my attention. You're going to threaten to kill yourself as opposed to just like. Yeah. Telling me you want yeah. me to come over or something. Yes. And I think that is a dark thing to acknowledge that like because to me it's like. I know I feel sensitive. I know I feel empathetic all the fucking time. Why all of a sudden does my body go like, fuck you? Yeah. Like, don't fucking tell me that. Right. And I do think there's an untangling to happen. Is part of it like my unwillingness to accept that I have an impact in people's lives or something like that. But there's this other part that is, I think, valid. And you have to be able to allow that other people need to like look at that in themselves too. I just, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you're just like, hey, it doesn't work like that. You can't hold people hostage. It's just not fucking fair to do that. Yeah. Anyway. That's the other dark thing about myself are my eyes. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> my eyes. All right, what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Um, the, uh, my eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're like... Uh, I don't know. I guess like the reservoir. I live I by the Silver Lake Reservoir. Yeah. And I like will run it or walk it or just go sit by it. And like I'm in a good place right now so I can be over the top. Like I'm so grateful. But like just looking at the reservoir sometimes I go deep and I'm like I'm so lucky that I live in California that I got out here that I get to do what I love doing. Like you know like yeah. And, and part of it was just seeing the visual yeah. of like the because like sometimes LA's fucking so pretty it's crazy especially like, right there the reservoir yeah and like the sky the perfect blue sky with the clouds and just the lighting and everything and and so i i would say like yesterday it was when i ran the reservoir and i was like this is incredible um what add to the don't kill yourself list that's the last part that's it i used to say i always start with coffee sandwiches and lavender soap the things that are usually accessible common mundane things but that in a subjective world you find objective reasons to stay alive yeah. when you need them yeah um you know like like uh what, what's it go M music drinking with your friends yeah. staying up really late and like drinking and dancing with your friends smoking cigarettes every now and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's that's very good every now and then yeah in world war we have to say they're bad they're bad they're bad they are they're bad they're bad, <laughs> they're bad, bad. For you. they're going to kill you that's what they do um, i don't know once in a while it's very nice yeah just think once in a while sex blueberries sex very good blueberries are very good <laughs> All right. Yeah. Power. That's it. Now that we have power back. Oh, yeah. I was like, power. That got dark fast. <laughs> yeah. Power. <laughs> I'm obsessed with power. That's, no, I'm not. Command I, over men's souls. This was very enlightening. This is great. This was fun to do. Yeah, thanks for doing it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for so having open. me. And you said some real shit, which is really cool. Yeah, I hope, I might not even listen to this, but 
I know. I, I don't always. I don't want it to be weird, that thing I said about the darkness. But when we say dark shit about ourselves, no, I don't, it's I, uncomfortable. Yeah, I know. I hope I hope people don't fucking hate me for the things I said about that. But, like, I also believe in people more than that. Yeah. I, I really think, like, I found myself being a little bitch ass sometimes, trying to manipulate people, tricking myself, telling me that I'm just being vulnerable and there's nothing yeah. wrong. And I think it's nice to go like, hey, stop. Yeah. And because because it's like, I'm like, you don't need me. Like, everything is in with everything's in you yeah yeah like you have the power well not I, some, I do not other people including I, exactly. me exactly i do think art holds some truth in it and that you can profoundly connect between human beings through the internet that's the fucking point of it but i think um i always just kind of feel like don't ruin it meaning like be honest about that yes but don't do this other thing where you're like isn't it in taking the thing that's beautiful and honest and real and figuring out how to twist it into some like yeah. self-serving gross thing? Yeah, and and the reality is, is most of my experience with people meeting people online as friends as anything has always been positive, and I love it. So I look at I look at the internet in a positive way because yeah. Vi like Vine used to be the most collaborative, cool way oh, to yeah. meet, meet people. I loved it, and uh, and I, I like to think of the internet like that when I can. That's all. I think that's good. I think that's a good thing to end on. I mean, that's where I'm I'm like that too. I feel like a fucking maniac. Like, I know I just use my Instagram for my id to a certain degree, and that's good sometimes, and that's bad sometimes. I know I just put my weird drum workouts and stuff on there. I don't wear clothes a lot. And and I'm like, sometimes you have moments of this crystallized self-judgment thing, and then I'm like, oh, stop. Just fucking stop. And I don't, I don't like myself too when I'm like getting too navel gazy or emo on there sometimes too. But then like I go like, okay, well, stop. That's yeah. just where you were then. Yeah. It's and fine. I, yeah. And also like when people are posting like thirsty pictures of themselves or whatever, I'm like, fucking post the thirsty. Do I it. Agree. If you feel like you look good and you want to have a little like look at me moment. Yeah. Why not do that instead of yeah. feeling shitty about yourself i think like just trying to be on it like that's what i like about it too is like when i can see someone being honest like we are honestly very horny creatures yeah. if you want to like feel yourself sometimes it's kind of fucking rad to see people doing that if it's real yeah when it gets like i don't know it, there's it, that's such a slippery idea of like what's true <laughs> but the closer we can get to like seeing people being people for real is like the great it's just so exciting to me yeah every time i try to Every time I post a thirsty picture on Instagram, I'm like, the 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 captions like, making fun of the fact that I know that I'm, yeah, I know I'm fully aware of what's happening here. I just like it's all just so goddamn delightful to me. Like <laughs> yeah. like I might totally unconsciously being like I'm doing workouty stuff and I'm just sharing that. I don't think about that. Like I barely wear clothes when I work out, <laughs> and then people will put these like comments on there, and I'm just like, oh, that's true too, and that's very funny <laughs> that I fucking did that, and yeah. now they're reacting that way. And you're like, yeah, fuck it, okay, who cares? You know what I mean? And like, then it becomes your brand, and you have to. Do yeah, it. and then you have to. And now I'm serving the beast, and that's what I love to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to poison your goddamn spirit anyway yeah. thank you for doing this thank you for we'll having stop. me we've done it we've done it thank we you did goodbye it. goodbye bye. brains bye hi thank you for listening to my good bad brain if you dug that i mean go to the patreon.com slash my good bad brain there's some dollars in there also i put up some merch ideas i'm gonna fucking get those online maybe i'll even do them today but you'll see an announcement on the instagram if that's true uh, you're the best. Thank you so much. Be well. Yeah, yeah you're the best. Bye. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.